point. Welcome back to Retrospective Aruni, a Livin' Maddie podcast hosted by yours truly, Amanda Shake, self-proclaimed Livin' Maddie expert, super fan, etc. You know. So, first of all, happy Halloween. We're gonna get into Halloween stuff in a second. Second of all, let's start off with uh, this week in Livin' Maddie history. We've got one date for this week, which is October twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen, which was the premiere of Grandma Aruni. Now, this was a very important episode because this uh, included the cameo of Patty Duke, and we have talked about her on the podcast before and how her show inspired Livin' Maddie a lot. And in our interview with Betsy, we talked about how it was their goal from the beginning to have her on the show and to play the grandma. And this is the episode in which that happened. So that was really exciting. I remember watching this episode premiere. I got home from Disneyland in time to watch it. That was a really fun day because I remember it was Villains Day in Disneyland, which is like an unofficial fan event. And it was the first time I went to that. Uh, I, of course, did a little Mal outfit. No surprise there. Uh, But first, I did this D23 event in downtown Disney where we got to make spooky gingerbread houses at uh, Ralph Burden's Jazz Kitchen. And from there, I went to the park and, and in my uh, outfit and stuff and then I went home and I watched the new episode so that was that was a good day and it was it was a great great episode because not not just because of the cameo but it was just just a fun a fun storyline so because our every other weekly it, okay so bi-weekly that could either mean twice a week or every other week but like how can one word mean both of those things that are definitely mean two different things so I don't know if I would say bi-weekly but you know what I mean. Every other week we have this podcast and it just so happened that an episode fell on Halloween. And even if it didn't, I probably would have done this episode anyway, but all the more reason to do it on Halloween. Let's talk about all the Halloween episodes of Live and Maddie. There's four, one per season. And you know what's interesting to me is that in the earlier days of Disney Channel, so Hannah Montana, I don't think Wizards of Waverly Place stuck to this. They might have. I'm not sure. Uh, Sweet Life, Zack and Cody, th- those shows like that. Usually there was only one holiday episode per show. And I don't mean like one for all the holidays. I mean like one for each holiday. Uh, there were two Christmas episodes of Hannah Montana, but the weird thing there is that one of them aired in the summer. Not entirely sure why that happened. And neither of them, neither of them really focused the plot itself on Christmas. It just like happened to be Christmas at the time of the episode. So... But, I mean, they still count as Christmas episodes. But there was only one Halloween episode of Hannah Montana. And, yeah, I remember for a good deal of shows from that time period, yeah, there would only be one Halloween episode, usually only one Christmas episode. But more recently, there would be one of each per season. And I think it's something interesting to note. I I can't really say why they would have done that. It's hard for me to think of, theorize what the reasoning behind that could be. But it, it is interesting to point out. So... This is going to be a little bit different than our finales episode in in which we ranked the episodes because I feel like there, there were some stark differences between each of them and some major differences in their strengths. We talked a lot about the strengths that each of them had and I really liked all of them, but I definitely had a favorite and there was, there were definitely gaps in between each of them, but here I have a favorite but the others kind of blend together. So we're not necessarily doing this as a ranking, but more of just as a discussion and analysis. So we're just gonna go through each one and talk about it and analyze it. But, and I'm sure we'll come across some 
strengths that one has that another didn't and vice versa. Uh, but again, this isn't as much of a ranking. We're just going to go through these in chronological order. And when we get to which one is my favorite, I will tell you that and I will explain to you why it was my favorite. And one more thing to note before we dive in. I didn't even plan this. I actually just a little over an hour ago just finished marathoning all four of these episodes with some friends. And I was planning on doing that, but I, I didn't I didn't plan it to record right after that. That's just how things worked out, but now they're they're fresh in my mind. Uh and that that's just that's only gonna help. So yeah, let's let's jump right in. So season one, we've got Kangarooni. So to refresh your memory a bit on this, we've got the Halloween event at Ridgewood High and Joey in, in the midst of what's going on with Halloween, Joey is lacking confidence in his ability to talk to girls and Maddie wants to help and she talks to Liv and, and asks if she can help. And so Joey is trying to flirt with some girls at this Halloween party and flirts with this girl dressed as a kangaroo, not realizing that the girl inside the kangaroo costume is Liv. So uh, chaos ensues from there. So first of all, I feel like there was no way we weren't going to get an episode named Kangarooni because it just, it, it rolls off the tongue so well. And it, it's funny how it's so early in season one, like they had to get that pun out of the way right away and find a plot line that involved a kangaroo and then they did it. So as far as my personal memories with this episode, I'm pretty sure I briefly talked about that before when we were talking about uh, anniversaries of episode premiere dates. And if not this episode, I know we talked about other episodes from this time because this was during the time period where I was not actively keeping up with the show. Like the, the gap between the official premiere episode in September and then the end of the year, I was not actively keeping up with the show. I had to do some catch-ups later on. So I, I did not watch the premiere and I don't, so obviously I don't have any memories associated with that. And as far as when I watched it for the first time, it was during one. I had two catch-up nights. I know I mentioned that in the first episode of the podcast, that I had two catch-up nights. So I'm guessing it was on the first one because this was one of the earlier episodes. Other than that, I don't remember much about watching it for the first time. But I will say I think this is one of the episodes of the show that I've seen the least. Not because I've, like, gone out of my way to avoid it. It's just, I mean, obviously with seasonal episodes, they're not, they don't re-air as often on TV. So I, yeah, for until I did some more active rewatching over the last year or so, I didn't have very strong memory of this episode. Part of the reason I, I remember that I have not seen this episode that many times is because I remember after watching the finale of Liv and Maddie, I said something about how it was the only other time besides the pilot where Diggy mentioned wanting to be a sports announcer. And my friend corrected me that he mentioned it or he alluded to it rather in Kangarooni, and I felt so ashamed to have forgotten to live in Maddie fact. But I guess it was just because, again, I haven't seen I hadn't seen this episode that many times. I will say one note on this episode is that I'm not a huge fan of Ocean. She's just never really been one of my favorite characters, and it's interesting that this is one of the only two episodes that she had been in, and this is her second and last episode. And it's also interesting how when she started to become friends with, well, Maddie tried to get her to be friends with Liv. Liv was opposed to the idea because Maddie had set it up. And in that episode, that episode being Steelerooney, there, there wasn't really a resolution between Liv and Ocean of, of them still agreeing to be friends or anything like that. But when this episode starts, it's assumed that they have become friends. So it's interesting how, how, how that 
worked out. I, I think it would have been interesting to see a little bit more development there. I have to wonder if she was intended to appear more. Another similarity in season one I noticed to this is Joey's friend Skippy Ramirez, who also only appeared in two episodes. So he and Joey reunite. They had been friends in childhood and they hadn't seen each other in a number of years. And, and then they became friends again. And then they have another episode together, but then we never see him again. So I wonder if this was just kind of like testing the waters of what kind of character we want to be these characters good friends because in season two we got Andy who would l continue to be Liv's closest friend in, in the remainder of the series so yeah it, it just makes me wonder if Ocean was originally intended to be like an Andy type character who would be all the way in in the show all the way through season four or if that was never intended from the beginning and, and, and same for Skippy Ramirez a funny thing about this episode is there is what I believe to be a, a reference to Greece because when Liv is playing the kangaroo, she refers to herself as an Australian exchange student named Sandy, which is, of course, Sandy played by Olivia Newton-John in the movie Grease. So it's I actually didn't catch that until I think about a year ago when I watched the episode, which I, I was surprised because I grew up watching Grease. So it's not like I only just recently saw it and would have gotten the reference because of that. But I... I'm surprised I hadn't caught, uh, hadn't caught that before. I do like the Maddie and Joey relationship in this episode. I, I think that's that's always a fun relationship to play with that we only get to see so often. And I I like the resolution with it. How Maddie says that you know she shouldn't get as involved as she was, and and Joey just needs to be himself, and he'll find the right girl for him. But what's interesting is that he he actually lucks out towards the end of the episode. He talks to the girl named Skylar and they realize that they're both quote unquote nerds, but then nothing comes of that. And you know, Joey never really got a nerd girlfriend and I, I kind of wish he did. I mean, he did get a relationship in the show being Willow, but that came and went as it did. But I, I think it would have been really sweet if Joey did get like a long time nerd girlfriend. And personally, and I'll talk about this when we talk more about ships, later down the line but personally I always thought he and Aubrey would have been cute especially because they are dating in real life but like the chemistry of the characters was great and they were both nerds and, and enjoyed each other's company so that would have been really cool. So as far as Parker and Karen and Pete in this episode Pete and Parker love this Halloween decoration named Pepino a little clown that Pete and Karen won on their first date. And even though it reminds Pete of their first date, it terrifies Karen and she is trying to sneakily get rid of it. And you know what I find interesting about this is that clowns have kind of become a recurring theme on this show because we've got Pepino, we've of course got the icon himself, Terry the Clown. And then in the finale, we find out that Karen, and in the finale, we find out that Karen had secretly been performing as a clown named Tangles. I remember when she said that, wondering if Tangles and Terry were friends or were like part of the same performance troupe or something like that. But yeah, clowns came up a lot. And this, for the most part, I think Save the Finale was before all that crazy stuff was going on with clowns actually like terrorizing people. So uh, it was ahead of its time. So yeah, that's Kangarooney. And again, we're not really talking about ranking here, but as far as this one, I I do think the show improved so much over time that it's only so many season one episodes rank up high for me. So I, I wouldn't say I like this one quite as much as the others, but it's still a solid episode. 
Then we've got Halloween Aruni season two's Halloween episode, which I briefly mentioned before, and I made a point not to talk too much about it because I knew we were going to talk about it now. So first of all, refresh you on the plot. Maddie wishes she was never born a twin and she's wearing this magic amulet. So that conjures up a triplet instead of making her, you know, not have a twin sister. No, it conjures up a triplet, this demon spawn named Helga, who of course is also played by Dove Cameron. And it's all set at Halloween and Maddie has to do everything she can to get things back to normal. So I, yeah, I have a lot of, lot of stories with this episode. So when I first saw the promo, it was during the previous episode, I'm pretty sure during Pottery Aruni, and hearing Maddie say that she wishes she wasn't born a twin just broke my heart because I have talked about how the twins relationship means so much to me and I thrive on my twin fluff and episodes where like they wouldn't even interact. I'd be like, the twins didn't even talk in this episode. So if, if that gets me, gets me riled up, even worse is when they're fighting. So Maddie had never said something that intense before. So that just really, really upset me and really worried me. I'm like, okay, she, she wanted her to like move back to Hollywood and stuff, but now she wishes she was never even born. And like the rest of that night, I was just out of it. I was just depressed and I was kind of laughing at myself. I'm like, wow. This just like a 30 second promo for a TV show has really got me this messed up, but I couldn't help it. I was still just so emotional and we'll circle back to that once we get to the, the result and, and so on. So about a week or so later, uh, a couple days before the episode premiered, uh, they released a clip of the episode, uh, the clip being Helga's intro. So pretty much right after Maddie makes her wish and she goes upstairs and she finds Liv and Willow hiding from Helga. And I remember being confused because Liv seemed to know a lot about Helga's existence. I guess I had thought that when Maddie made the wish, Helga would just kind of appear and the rest of her family would not know how or anything about her. But once I saw the episode, I realized that Maddie had been kind of transported to this alternate universe in which Helga had always existed. So as far as my day watching this episode, I... I've talked about my like three month countdowns leading up to my Disneyland trips before. And the week that this episode premiered was my Halloween, my Halloween themed week. And it always went, I would Friday every year when I did Halloween, cause I would usually go to Disneyland that same week every year for our uh, October fall break. Uh, I would watch The Nightmare Before Christmas on Friday and Pooh's Heffalump Halloween movie on Saturday. And Sunday was kind of a free day. Sometimes I wouldn't do anything or I would just think of something something else to watch. And I had actually never seen Hocus Pocus. So that day I watched Hocus Pocus for the first time. And then my friend Jessica and I, this was when we were working on our Wander Over Yonder costumes for the Disneyland Halloween party, which I know I've mentioned before. And we had to go shopping that night for the costumes but I wanted to, I, I don't remember if there were any other new episodes that night. I don't think so, or at least none that I watched because I, I think, I remember saying on one night in early 2015, like this is the first night in years that I've watched more than one episode premiere on Disney Channel or maybe Sunday night. Some, it was something along those lines because I wasn't watching I Didn't Do It yet. Casey Undercover hadn't premiered yet. So I'm pretty sure it was just Liv and Maddie that night. 
So Jessica and I were trying to get our schedules set up and I was like, oh, do I meet you there or whatever? I'm like, but I got to watch the new episode. So I'm like, how about you come over? You can watch the new episode with me and then afterwards we'll go shopping. So we're like, okay. So I watched Hocus Pocus. Jessica came over and watched the episode with me. And then we went uh, to Walmart to get some costume stuff and we went to Taco Bell for dinner and it was, it was a solid night. So as far as my reaction to the episode, and Jessica had to watch this all go down. But listen, she and I have been best friends since fourth grade. By the way, uh, if you're listening to this on the day it premiered, Halloween, a day before that is her birthday. I'm recording this on Thursday. So tomorrow is her birthday. So happy birthday to Jessica. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we've been best friends for a long time. She's <laughs> had to witness one of my TV show obsessions after the next, after the next, after the next. Uh, so this is this is nothing new to her. But yeah, she had to watch me experience this episode for the first time, which I imagine must have been very entertaining because it had the opposite effect on me than I expected. And it became one of my all-time favorite episodes, and I will tell you why. So instead of being a very dramatic episode for the twins, I mean, at the beginning there, there was tension, but it was far from the tension that we would get in some other episodes like uh, Gift-A-Rooney, Dodge-A-Rooney, California Rooney, you know, we've talked about that one before, but yeah, I mean, there was tension, but here's the thing. I realized, I, I realize this more now than I did then because I'm, I'm getting more technical about it. The reason that she wishes she had never been born a twin, it wasn't for the sake of the intensity of that comment, because it's not like she meant like, oh, I wish Liv never existed. Like, like there are other episodes where she will say something to that effect for the sake of its intensity. Like, I wish you never came home. Why don't you go back to Hollywood? Like that was because that was a very volatile moment in the first episode. Or like Gift Rooney, that's one I always come back to because that was like intense. Cause she says like, I wish you would just stay out of my relationship and while you're at it, just stay out of my life. And again, that was intense because she was really mad. But this argument is kind of one of their lighter ones, which happened a lot. And she says she wasn't, she wished she wasn't born a twin. But if she hadn't said something like that, it wouldn't set into motion the remaining events of the episode. The whole point was she wishes she wasn't born a twin. They give her a triplet. So I think I thought about it. I, I thought too much about it when I first heard that line. I thought it was going to be, I didn't know what caused that. I, I thought it was going to be caused by a big fight between them and she wished Liv never existed. But that, it wasn't so much the case. It was just kind of in the heat of the moment. So yeah, there's, there's that. But I think what's great about this episode is that it's got multiple strengths playing to it. So like one of the things I love about the show is how funny it is. And of course, one of the things I love about it is that it's just heartwarming. And of course, the, the twins relationship is very heartwarming to me. It's like, uh, I think it was Reggie one time when they were talking about Linda and Heather and he said, it's funny and has a lot of heart. And I'm sure that was supposed to be like a meta reference to Liv and Maddie. And he's absolutely right in that. <laughs> so this is one of those episodes, like a good episode, a good episode can be like good humor, good fluff, good, you know, fluff is just the easiest word I can use for this. Uh, a really good episode can be like good fluff, great humor. And a really great episode can be like great fluff, great humor. And this is one of those episodes. And I mean, obviously it's hilarious because Dove gets to play three characters, which, I mean, it's amazing that she can play two alone, but then she plays three. And of course, the third, being Helga, is just this 
there's no way to even describe her. She's just this really wild and crazy character that could only be made for a Halloween episode. I remember, oh man, months before this episode premiered, Dove tweeting, and this is when I was like still testing the waters, slowly getting into the fandom. But one of my early memories was Dove tweeting, guys, we just filmed the Halloween episode and you guys are not ready for it. And I did not know what to expect. I don't know if I ever would have guessed this, but uh, she was right. We weren't ready for it. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. She has the range. Like, get get you a girl who can do both. Excuse me. Get you a girl who can do all three. And I remember making a joke afterwards saying like, all right, so I fully expect now to get an episode where Dove plays like 26 characters. And I never got that. So shame on, shame on you guys. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that would have been a lot to edit. But yeah, to, to, to have that storyline with the triplet just gives, gives so much to the comedy. And of course, as far as the fluff. So again, I expected it to break my heart, but instead it mended it back together. And most of that comes together in the end because Maddie is trying to fix what she did wrong and trying to get back to normal. She wishes she was a twin again and she unfortunately wasn't specific enough and it's just her and Helga, no more Liv. And... At one point, she says, I'm never going to see Liv again. And I think it's just so sweet to see that her heart is breaking, not just at the fact that she's stuck with this, again, demon spawn Helga, but the fact that she's never going to see Liv again. That was the thing she said in that moment, rather than I'm stuck with Helga, which she talks about in this scene. But the fact that she said that in that moment, and she sounds so broken when she says it, it just, oh, yes, it just gets me. And then she says, I just wish everything could go back to normal. And then she wakes up. And the first thing she says when she wakes up is Liv. She shouts Liv's name and jumps out of bed and then falls back down again because she realizes she's still in her knee brace. But again, just heartwarming. And she's so excited when Liv comes through the door. And then she tells her not to change anything. She likes things just the way they are. And she says, uh... I, I, before I say this line, I got to give it context in case in case you haven't seen the episode or if you haven't seen it in a while, that the reason that they were fighting in the first place is because Liv wanted to change the theme of Screamfest from death to brown because Liv thought brown was scary. So Liv comes in and apologizes for, for changing the theme and Maddie says, no, 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 I love brown and I love you. And this, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this was the first time in the series that Maddie said I love you to Liv and I thought... Even though it was, you know, kind of a comedic moment, it still just warmed my heart a lot. So that whole scene, this just line after line after line of just sweetness, and I love it. So uh, one joke that I have made about this episode is, all right, so in the finale, in the series finale, we find out about bits and pieces, right? We've talked about this, about how it was a reality show in Luxembourg that was about the Rooney's lives, once Liv came back home, that's why we see cutaways and stuff. But riddle me this, in Helgoween Rooney, we as the audience, we get to see the events of Helga and, you know, Helga being a part of the Rooney's lives. And there are cutaways, including a cutaway with Helga. So what I'm going to say here is that the magic amulet actually worked. 
and in this essay I will. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. So, did it actually work? I like to think that it did. We're, we're gonna go with that. Uh, and while, while watching this episode tonight, one of my friends pointed out, because this, uh, another fun thing about this episode is that Joey and Parker, they each get to have their own respective twins, uh, clones in this case. And one of my friends said, it must have been so fun for them to get to try that out after watching Dove do it for so long. And I'm like, yeah, I never really thought about that. Uh, yeah, it, it is, it's, it's neat that they, they gave them a chance to do it and just gave the entire episode even more of that editing magic. I would also like to say, I've mentioned my stress involving Maddie and her injury. And I feel like I did mention before that we thought she was going to get her knee brace off and then she didn't. So they fooled us in Helgoween. And listen, it wasn't, there was, there's a part in Helgoween where Maddie says how good it feels to have her knee brace off. But I'm pretty sure it was even before that, that I was looking at stills of the episode and was like, oh my gosh, does Maddie have her knee brace off? Either that or that was actually for Muffler Rooney when she does get it off. But I know that I did that at one point. But anyway, regardless, I was super excited. I was like, oh, she's, she's better now. But oh no, it was not until five months after Helgoween and Rooney that she actually got her knee brace off. So we had to we had to suffer through every second of that. So obviously, Helgoween Rooney is my all-time favorite Halloween episode. And it goes beyond just that. It is definitely one of my all-time favorite episodes. Definitely one of my top for season two. Definitely one of my top for the funniest episodes. And I'm sure we will continue to talk about it later down the line. So season three's Halloween episode is Haunt Rooney. The main things going on in this episode are, first of all, Maddie humiliates Johnny Nimbus on live TV and he says that he will get back at her if it's the last thing he does and then he quote unquote dies and is crushed by a porta potty and then Parker and Reggie and Willow start to think that he is haunting them to get revenge on Maddie and Maddie's not not too not too sure about that cuz Maddie doesn't doesn't get scared easily of course but every sign is pointing to that it's true and then out comes the zombie Johnny Nimbus and Maddie is terrified. And then she finds out, spoiler alert, that he's, he's alive. He never actually died. It was, uh, it was just a prank to get back at her. And meanwhile, Liv and Joey are in New York at a Halloween party and Liv runs into Holden and accidentally gets a picture taken of her with Holden that looks kind of romantic. It was an accident on their part, but anyone who looked at the picture would probably think it was romantic. And they're like, okay, we can't let Andy see that because there's been a lot of drama with Liv and Andy and Holden. So they do everything they can to get the picture deleted off the camera with the help of some special guests. So this episode was part of something really, really cool that happened in the fall of 2015 on Disney Channel. Arguably the most ambitious Disney Channel crossover we've ever had. It was just this major Monstober crossover in which I think every multi, I don't think there were any single cam shows on the channel yet because Stuck in the Middle premiered a few months later. So I'm pretty sure every live action, every live action multi-cam sitcom on Disney Channel, they were all part of this crossover because they were all going to the same Halloween party in New York City. So what's interesting to talk about, and I've loved talking about this before, and I've wanted to talk about it on the podcast, and, and we'll probably talk about it more in the future as well, is the, the, the DCU, if you will, who needs the MCU? 
except for Ruby on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because we love her. Uh, who needs the MCU when we've got the DCCU, the Disney Channel Cinematic Universe? Which doesn't really make sense because it's not cinema, it's television, DCTU, but y you get my point. It's interesting to see how many of these shows exist in the same universes as one another. And I've actually made a map for this. I have mapped this out and how each one fits in, which ones we don't know if they fit in, which ones we assume do, but there's like no proof if they do. It's really fascinating, but I got to give a lot of credit to Monstober, this Monstober crossover, because this confirmed so many connections that, uh, may not have existed anyway. So you got Girl Meets World, you got Austin and Allie, Jesse, Best Friends Whenever, Casey Undercover, and Liv and Maddie. And I didn't do it. These episodes confirm that all of these shows exist in the same universe. Some of these we already knew because Jesse and Austin and Allie had already had a crossover and Jesse and Liv and Maddie had already had a crossover, but like Girl Meets World hadn't had a crossover yet. Best Friends Whenever hadn't, etc. So now it confirms that all of these are in the same universe. And with that come some others because Jesse had a crossover with Good Luck Charlie, which had a crossover with Shake It Up. Mr. Mosby from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and The Sweet Life on Deck had been in Jesse, which means it exists in the same universe as Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, which has had a crossover with Hannah Montana and Wizards of Waverly Place and That's a Raven. That's a Raven also has Corey in the house and Raven's home. So it's all these shows that exist in the same universe and it's really cool. But um, we like... Anyone my age remembers growing up and watching That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana and how that was like the biggest deal. And it, yeah, it, it was super cool. But we had had, yeah, three shows in one at most, usually just two. And these, technically each episode is just two because what each episode did is it had two characters from another show guest star in it. So it's not like characters from all of these shows were all in one episode. It was just two characters from another show in each show but it was enough to mix them all together and we knew that they were all going to the same party. And what also was cool is they had this same masked creature show up in each of these episodes and like they were teasing all weekend, like who is this masked creature? We're going to reveal them at the end of the weekend. And then they did and they revealed it was actually four different people and it was Dove, Sophia Carson, Boo Boo Stewart and Cameron Boyce. So the whole main cast of Descendants. And that was just really confusing because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So is Dove Cameron a real person in the universe of Liv and Maddie where Liv and Maddie exist? And is Cameron Boyce a real person where Luke Ross exists? And Sophia was on Austin and Allie. It's like, oh, this just, again, just the whole concept of the universe. It's fascinating, but it can get very confusing. And I will point out, that in the universe of Descendants, if we're counting the books, the Isle of the Lost books, in the first Isle of the Lost book, there is a reference to Liv and Maddie existing as a TV show because Carlos gets a TV working and they say that a show pops up on the TV with two girls that look each look like Mal, but with blonde hair. I'm like, okay, obviously that's referring to Liv and Maddie. And then they say, they mentioned a talking dog, which is supposed to be dog with blog. They mentioned superhero doctors, which is supposed to be Mighty Med. It's, it's interesting. So it's like, okay, so Liv and Maddie exist as fictional in the Descendants universe, but the Descendants casts are real in the Liv and... 
it it gets stressful when you think about it too much. <laughs> so, but again, it's 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 fun. It's fun to discuss. So anyway, as far as the characters that were in this episode of Live and Maddie, we got Sid and Shelby from the show Best Friends Whenever, and I have to say, Best Friends Whenever I thought was a very okay show. I I liked it a good deal at first, but then it just seemed to kind of flatline for me. I always thought it had a lot of potential, but it just wasn't really achieving it. So I think that's why at first I was like, okay, this is promising. I like where they could go with it and they just didn't really go there with it. Uh, the humor just didn't quite hit for me. I really liked the concept, but again, I felt like they just didn't experiment as much with the concept as they should have. It didn't end after two seasons, so they didn't really get a chance to experiment with with more of that storyline. But I, I, I've talked about how I, I've never, I've only seen a couple episodes of Jesse and Austin and Allie. So I probably would have been bummed if the characters that were on the show were from a show that I didn't watch. And we had already had a Jesse and Liv and Maddie crossover anyway. So yeah, but I, it, I would have loved if it had been a crossover with Girl Meets World or Casey Undercover because those were, were my faves at the time after Liv and Maddie. And Girl Meets World, as I mentioned before, was my major fave, like right after Living Maddie. Like those two were my major shows at that time. So had they directly, like I know they're in the same universe, which is cool, which means Boy Meets World exists in the same universe, which I know had a crossover or, or like had some characters crossover from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It opens up all these doors with the TGIF lineup from ABC in the 90s. Again, it's it's a whole thing. But yeah, had there been a direct crossover with Girl Meets World and Liv and Maddie, I think my 18-year-old brain would have exploded. So maybe, maybe this was just for the sake of my safety, playing it safe. Not, it was characters from a show that I liked. It was a show that I watched and a show that I liked, but not one that I was like crazy about. So I could go to sleep at night and not just be freaking out the whole day. <laughs> An important thing to note about this episode is that there's progression in the relationship between Liv and Holden. Like I said, they were in the midst of the drama with Andy and stuff. And this was after Holden had auditioned for Voltage and made it kind of awkward for Liv by saying, I'll wait for you as long as it takes. And Liv is kind of embarrassed to see him now. And they're like, do we hug? Do we handshake? And th they shake hands a couple times. By the end, Holden's like, okay, I'll shake your hand goodbye. And Liv's like, nah. And she, she gives him a hug, which is really sweet. And it's, you know, going in the right direction in the direction that we end up, end up getting to where they, they do end up becoming a couple. But what I do think is interesting is the fact that there would be that big of a plot point in an episode that is seasonal and an episode that's not going to air often throughout the year because I feel like the more casual viewers that just kind of watch shows when they're on, um, they may not be able to piece together a whole storyline if there's a major plot point in a seasonal episode because, you know... 10 months out of the year they don't get to see that episode but I mean I feel like this plot point is it, it's a transitional one it's not like a bomb drop like it's not like a breakup or a getting together or something like that so I, I think if we removed this episode from from the timeline you it, it could probably make sense just going from co-star onwards so yeah I just think it's interesting to point out that there would be a plot point like that when a lot of holiday episodes don't like again it's not as big as it could have been but it's still bigger than what you usually see in holiday episodes 
for a comparison point, then you have uh, Girl Meets New Year's, where Fargle tells everyone that Riley still likes Lucas, and yeah, that's a bomb drop for you. So, but I th- I don't know if they, I know they don't really re-air Girl Meets World anymore nowadays. And when they did, I'm not sure if they re-aired that one during the year, because I think there were a couple times I saw New Year's Eve Rooney when it was, like, not the holiday season. Because I feel like a New Year's episode you can get away with showing in, like, April, but, like, a Christmas or Halloween episode doesn't quite work as well. So, I don't know. What is my point here? <laughs> my point here is that I think I think it's it's a little a little strange to put a major plot point in a seasonal episode for the sake of casual viewers, but I don't think this was that major of a plot point for it to be a problem. It w- but it was still a little bit surprising to me. Okay, so Jordan Fisher was on Dancing with the Stars, right? I think that was about a year after Living Maddie ended with some change. It was, I think it was the following year. I'm pretty sure it was 2018 or it was later 2017. It was after Living Maddie ended. That I know for sure. And I'm pretty sure this episode was on Halloween night. It was Halloween themed regardless. And Jordan dressed up as a werewolf for the dance. And it was supposed to be, well, not like a wolf werewolf. You know what I mean? It was supposed to be the wolf and Red Riding Hood, which is what Liv and Holden are in this episode, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, wait a minute. This is literally the same. But he wasn't quite as sophisticated. Like in in Hauntaroonie, he was like wearing a suit and was very dapper. And this episode, he was more like a wild rabid wolf. So going back to Maddie's plot, I thought when Maddie eventually got really scared, I thought that was, she's just so cute when she's scared. I I think I mentioned that before. I just think that scene is really, really cute and funny. And that might be my favorite Maddie Halloween costume we've had. Amelia Earhart. I just, I think it looks really nice. I think it's funny that they went so far as to jokingly kill Johnny Nimbus because I'm pretty sure when I watched this for the first time, I knew well enough that there's no way that he was actually dead. But, I mean, you never know, really. I mean, who, who's to say? And you know what I didn't even realize until tonight when I rewatched the episode? Is that they say on the news that Johnny Nimbus has died and he has a memorial page and everything. But all of this was part of a lie to prank Maddie. Like, that's an elaborate lie. (laughs) But to be fair, Johnny Nimbus, like, does he... I feel like he's pretty much controls every aspect of Stevens Point local television. Like, how many TV shows does this guy have? We were talking about this tonight, too. He's got, like, Nightmares with Nimbus, Nimblin' with Nimbus, Nimbus at Night. Like, he just controls pretty much everything in, in the local area. So, I mean... I I feel like he probably has enough say there where he's like, hey, will you guys help me with this prank and could probably get away with it. And then, of course, when he comes out of the porta potty to scare Maddie, he says, here's Johnny. And I remember thinking, like, did it's kind of like the kangaroo episodes. Like, did they really want that line? So they're like, how can we work a plot around that? And then one of my friends I was watching with said the same thing. We've also got Karen and Pete at home trying to appease the trick-or-treaters. Karen keeps insisting on giving them healthy treats instead of actual candy, uh, but that doesn't work out so well for them. And Evan, sweet little Evan, who I adore so much, 
Even he thinks it's kind of lame that they're only giving out these non-sweet treats. So eventually they start giving out candy. And then we have perhaps the best episode ending ever where Evan tries candy and just blasts off through the ceiling. And where he goes, no one knows. I mean, he comes back later on in the show. So he, he was okay, we can assume. But uh, I think, I think... It's funny when the show plays with the fantasy element because it doesn't do it that often. I think if you do it too often in a show that's, like, not supposed to be about a fantasy element, like, if if you're in a universe like Wizards of the Waverly Place or That's So Raven or something where magic and that sort of thing is known to exist and, you know, go crazy with it. But I feel like in a show where it doesn't exist and you just kind of throw in gags with that, like, way too often, it, it just something feels kind of off about it. It doesn't quite feel right. But I feel like Liv and Maddie does it like just the right amount with this and with with Helgoween and stuff. I mean, like I said, you could say it was Maddie's dream, but continuity considering it was, I think, the magic amulet actually worked. Uh, and this <laughs> this is more than than you would ever think one would talk about this this brief scene of Evan blasting off through the ceiling. But I feel like just again the timing of it just makes it and just again the fact that they've not they've not overdone it you which is why you wouldn't have expected it which is why it's so funny because they're like wait why did that just happen so that's that's just that's a wonderful wonderful little scene there going back to the fact that he died quote unquote uh it's sometimes the show can be really brutal and i feel like murder has been a plot point more often than you would expect on a Disney Channel show. Which brings us to our final episode, Scarooney. So, Scarooney is about Liv and Ruby going to this, this like, murder-themed restaurant on Halloween, and their waiter happens to be this guy Henry, who played Zadok on Voltage. And because of Liv, he lost his job on the show because his character was going to come back, but then Liv changed the plot and that didn't work out. And so the whole point of this restaurant is that the waiters are, are acting. And so he's like pretending that he's going to kill Liv. And Liv is scared that he's actually going to kill her because he has some real life beef with her. So again, murder is a plot point, which I, I find fascinating. Then you've got Maddie at home who is told by Aunt Dina that there is this Halloween prankster that goes around called the Spider Sprayer. And Maddie is set on finding out who it is and pranking them back, only to find out that it has been Aunt Dina all along. So a joke that my friend Janelle, who of course has been on the show before, a joke that she and I have made is that Instead of Liv and Maddie Callie style, you probably could have called season four Liv and Maddie. Liv Rooney ruins the lives and careers of all of Hollywood because Gemma got fired from Voltage because of Liv. No one would hire Liv. She ruined her own career in life at first because of what she did to Voltage. She ruined Henry's life. Like, wow, this poor girl. She she just wanted to stay with her sister and this is... This is all the stuff that happens as a result. <laughs> Not to mention, of course, the reason that Liv's character Skyvolt, I mean, her Tess as Skyvolt is no longer in Voltage is because Skyvolt dies. Yet another plot involving death or murder. Now, this is an episode where we can talk about pretty much every individual costume because a lot of them have 
some fun implications. So first of all, I remember when the episode premiered that a lot of people pointed out that Liv and Maddie respectively looked like Glinda and Elphaba from Wicked, which I don't know if this was intentional because I know that Liv's personality has taken a lot of inspiration from Glinda. And of course, Dove has worked a lot with Kristen Chenoweth. So yeah, because Maddie's got the green. I mean, obviously Elphaba doesn't have green hair. She has green skin. But, and Liv is supposed to be the tooth fairy, not a good witch. But still, the pink dress and the crown and, and the green and the witch and it all kind of kind of blends together. And then you've got Karen dressed as a doctor, which makes me wonder if that's a reference to Kali's character on Grey's Anatomy. Perhaps. I love Ruby's Skyvolt costume. I thought that was super cute. But hey... In California, Rooney, Maddie says that Joey was working on his Skyvolt costume for the following Halloween. So whatever happened to that? Did he shrink it in the wash and give it to Ruby? Maybe so, because he, he ends up dressing up as, as a falcon. Falcon dresses up as a falcon, which, I mean, of course. And Parker dresses up as a foot. And I recommend you all go to Tenzing Trainer's TikTok because he has a funny TikTok involving this costume. He has a duet with someone saying, like, the worst Halloween costume in the world is the foot. And he's like, um, well, I've actually already done that. Which is, you know, what's funny is that Chelsea in this year's Halloween episode of Raven's Home wears pretty much the exact same costume. And, like, two other people and I when we were watching the episodes tonight, we all like said right around the same time, wait, wasn't that Chelsea's costume this year? So I I would probably put, as far as my preference, I'd probably put Haunt and Scare around the same level. I There are a lot of things about season three and four that I see as, as roughly on the same level. But you know what I gotta say is I often get these episodes confused because of their names. Because season four's is Scare Rooney, but in season three, Maddie gets scared. They're trying to scare Maddie, but she's also being haunted. I don't know. <laughs> Helgoween and Kangarooney are, are, are much easier to differentiate, but these I always get confused. So I hope that after recording this episode and having to write notes and, and discuss these episodes that hopefully I will never get these episodes confused again. And that about does it for our look back on the Halloween episodes of Liv and Maddie. I've always thought these to be some of the most fun and funniest episodes of the show, just because they're not afraid to just experiment with stuff. And obviously I'm partial to Halloween. That's a favorite of mine, but there's just, there's so much to do. Just the, the hilarity of the, the fantasy elements, but also, uh, certain characters getting scared and all that. It's just, these are some wild, wild episodes. And I'm glad I got to talk about them with you guys today. So I hope you are having a happy and safe Halloween. Even if it's different than normal, I hope you're finding ways to keep it spooky and fun, but safe at the same time. And we will see you back here in two weeks for another new episode. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our social media. We are on Instagram at Retrospective Aruni. And we are on Facebook. If you search up Retrospective Aruni, a Live and Maddie podcast, give us a like, give us a follow. We would really appreciate it. And until then, again, keep it spooky and we'll see you here later. Bye, everyone. Bye.